Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, and what a Monday it is here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Trevor, for the first time in our lives, we have a Triple Crown winner as American Pharaoh wins the Belmont on Saturday, and for regardless of your age, I think for me it might be, for, for people born after 78, it may be more special because it is your first Triple Crown winner, but that is a moment, if you're a sports fan, certainly if you're a horse racing fan, that you will not forget where you where you were when you watched it, the feeling you had after you saw American Pharaoh finally pull away from the field and cross down the finish line in New York again, becoming the 12th Triple Crown winner. What a moment. Trevor, where were you watching? Sitting on and the you're... edge of my bed in my room watching on TV, but waiting to uh, see the results before I had to head out and run some errands. I was, uh, you know, I, I know I, I say that people are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. I know sometimes you forget what you do on the weekend, so... <laughs> Uh, making sure you remembered that. I did get home in time. I I did remember the Belmont. I uh, wanted to witness it, as you mentioned, as you said. I he's as old as I am. I was born in 1980, so not old enough to remember the uh, last Triple Crown. Even if it happened in '80, I wouldn't remember it either. But uh, and it was. I wanted to get home in time to see it. It was. It was. It was cool. I don't know. I didn't get the same. I, I thought I was going to have more excitement from watching it, but the race itself seemed like, even though it was a moment in the first moment we've ever seen in our lifetime 37 years with triple crown i don't know i just didn't get the same excitement i thought i would get i don't know what why. a, bu- a buzzkill we're in the first few minutes of the show and you're talking about how underwhelming it was to watch a triple crown winner well i'm i don't mean the triple the american pro winning a triple crown but the belmont itself seemed kind of lackluster does that make sense well the belmont's not the kentucky derby and it doesn't hold maybe the same sentimental value that the derby does for us and it is an incredibly long race. It's, you know, it's still short in, in the grand scheme of sport events. It's still two minutes and 35 seconds, I think, was American Pharaoh's time. But as soon as that, I, I, I kind of agree with you, at least in that sense, maybe nothing more there. But as soon as that race, as soon as they were out of the gate, I was just thinking to myself, all right, let's get to the final turn. Nothing, nothing during the next minute or two minutes is going to matter. Uh, American Pharaoh, he's going to try to get the lead. If he does, that's great. If he doesn't, he's still the best horse in this field. He can make up ground in no time. So I, I kind of agree in that sense where you were, I was waiting for the race to get over with, and it, it seemed a lot longer than two minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, maybe that is because he did go wire to wire, and you're just hoping that he would hold on and hold on. And We're going to talk about American Pharaoh, the Triple Crown, what that means. Trevor, I... I, I Called this after the Derby. It was a very optimistic prediction, uh, but I did call it after the Derby uh, that we were gonna that we were gonna see a Triple Crown winner this year. Uh, it, it, it was not the first time that I've predicted a Derby winner to win the Triple Crown. Hey, but it finally came through. So I'm looking like a smart guy. Uh, there's plenty more sports to talk about. Kentucky. P- people uh, don't remember all the times you swung out and missed. They only they only remember the time you hit the home run, TJ. Unfortunately, not the case for me. Uh, people also remember my misses, uh, one of which, man, Game of Thrones. I know you don't watch it, Trevor. Uh, I know a lot of people that listen do watch it. I had ha- been on the Stannis bandwagon for years, since the beginning of Game of Thrones. Uh, 
And then I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but something happened yesterday that uh, now it, 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 if I'm still on that bandwagon, it kind of makes me seem like a bad person. Uh, luckily, what happened in the show, again, I'm not going to spoil, didn't happen in the books, so I can live with myself there. Trevor, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Not one clue. The only words I understood were Game of Thrones and books. Well, it is. Uh, it, it was another incredible episode. That's still just. I, I. You should really watch it, Trevor. Do you enjoy, I'll, I'll, do you enjoy the fact that they give you left hand turns out of nowhere from the books theme and the the way the storyline goes in the books and the TV show sometimes? Well, a lot of people. A lot of people really. Hate, there's some. There's some message board nerds that get incredibly upset that they have gone away from the books, they've changed things, they have uh, altered storylines, completely left out other storylines, and it doesn't, it, it, it hadn't bothered me, because one, it's a TV show, you, you only get 10 hours a year to make, to, to film this story, where the books, George R. R. Martin can and usually does take thousands of pages or hundreds hundreds and hundreds of pages to write his story there's no end date or there's no time frame for him to write the show again like i said they only have 10 hours a year so i realized that they may have to keep some other storylines out speed up some storylines do things a bit differently uh, but i was they did go away from the books yesterday or maybe they foreshadowed the books for all i know uh, and did something to my favorite character that now makes him look like a very, very terrible person. And do you feel terrible for being him being your favorite character? Well, he was my Twitter picture, so uh, uh, that I, guy, the haters gonna hate guy. Yeah, so I I, I did change it back because uh, you know I'm I, I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this for a second just so we can talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, turn down the radio for ten seconds. So there's a just spoiler so I, alert coming. Just so I can get Trevor in on the loop. Trevor, this this my favorite character is in a very desperate situation, so he burns his daughter to death. Did she talk back to him? <laughs> Trevor, it's terrible. No. Well, it's a different time. I mean, you never know. I mean, people are getting married at twelve in that age. No, they need they need they need to it's a sacrifice to their God. It was kind of like the Isaac and Abraham Bible story for, for those that are familiar with it. Where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, and Abraham goes along with it and puts Isaac down and has the knife raised up, ready to kill him. And then God speaks through the clouds and says, "Don't do it." Well, in Game of Thrones last night, nobody told him not to do it, and he and he followed through with it. And it was very graphic, and uh, you had a little seven-year-old girl screaming while she was. Ew, ew. It was terrible. So yes, I did change my Twitter picture because of that. Did you afraid that was going to get you some some uh, bad backlash on Twitter because he's your he's your uh, avatar? Well, a lot of people were like, "So you still a big Stannis guy? You you still like him? You still rolling with him?" Uh, I, the answer is I don't know if I am or I'm not. I, I, for another, if I if I had a, a Game of Thrones sports or not i guess it wouldn't be sports talk but if i had a game of thrones radio station i could get in the de I, I could talk all about that and point out the pros and cons of of burning a daughter at the stake uh not that there are any or many if any pros to that i would love to hear the pros list on that one 
but but maybe this isn't maybe a sports talk radio show isn't really uh, the the time or place to do that. But yes, people did give me grief about it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I do know it's not on the book, so I can still at least just spin it that way where uh, I, I still like him as a book character. But we'll see. Uh, what else? What else is going on? How was your weekend, Trevor? Besides Game of Thrones, just being another unbelievable episode. I uh, actually was saw weekend, as I mentioned. Uh, despite my uh, being the as you said buzzkill of the moment with American Pharaoh, I did enjoy on Saturday getting to watch a, uh, a first time moment in sports history in my lifetime, and then on Sunday, a little basketball, a solid NBA game. Still no, still I'm still sticking with my Golden State and six series, but still a good game nonetheless. Overall, pretty good weekend. It was a good weekend. You're you're right about that. We got to celebrate Hannah's birthday, and then a and a pretty a sneakingly good sports weekend for it, it being the summer and not really having all that much to look forward to. I did watch the Stanley Cup on Saturday. I know Rob Blackhawk would be proud. Again, I'm friends with some Blackhawk fans, and uh, one of them were over. We put the TV outside. The weather was perfect. Played some washers. Didn't play cornhole uh, this weekend. Played washers instead. What's washers? Washers, it can be played different ways, and there's different boards, different types of, of styles to play it. But the way we have it, it's basically just a box that is maybe a foot by a foot, if, if that. And then there's a little cup in the middle, and you have these rings that are called washers. And you have to throw, and I don't know the exact distance you're supposed to stand from one side to the other. We're probably 15 or 20 feet and it's just like cornhole, except it's a lot harder. So you throw the washers. If you get it in the box, it's one point. If you get it in the hole, we play three points. Again, I'm not even sure if that's the right way you're supposed to play. Uh, but that's the way we played it, and we had a great time doing you, it. You enjoy playing those games that are most nobly seen in uh, the Kentucky State Fair in, in like the midway, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, really, it's kind of what I look forward to on the weekends. There's nothing better than playing uh, a competitive game that doesn't really cause you to sweat and being able to drink beer while you do it. That's why I like video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the... But you can't, do video, to do, games, you can't do video games outside. Yeah, but indoors where Mother Nature has, you know, air conditioning. That's the way we, it was intended. <laughs> I think it's probably the exact opposite. But it was beautiful weather, great weekend, uh, the Triple Crown again, and then the NBA game, which we will also talk about that. And Louisville baseball. They played tonight at 7. I know you don't Louisville like talking about Louisville, but still. And also, while I was right about the Triple Crown, Louisville's baseball attendance looked phenomenal on Saturday despite the early start. Uh, Sunday was a little, it, it wasn't as crowded from what I saw. But Saturday, it looked, uh, it definitely looked more than the 60% I thought it, w- it would be, the 60 or 70% I thought it'd be. The six like games pack- straight, they've had uh, standing room only attendance. It's, uh, that's, yeah, well, Louisville has been known to fudge the numbers as long as Let's be honest, so anybody has been. Known yeah, to fudge. everybody does. Uh, Sunday, the Sunday, they're based on the pictures and Snapchats and even the the stream on ESPN. It there that was not standing room only. There was plenty of available seats if people want. Maybe people just chose to stand. I don't know. What gets uh, fudged but, more by universities: the height of a player or the amount of attendance of the game? Attendant. Well. If you're going by, you know, obviously they don't they, they don't uh, fudge the height of somebody by thousands like they do with attendance sometimes. Um, so it depends if you're going by quality or, you know, if you lie about somebody's height by an inch, that can be significant. And, and if you do it to every player, that's, you know, uh, you can't really 
trust their measurements. Uh, Kentucky during their combine, what was it? Dakari Johnson vertical was 35 inches, 36 inches, and then he went out at the NBA combine and got 24 inches. <laughs> you know that that's not that's not just a bad day for Dakari. That's somebody messing up on the numbers. Um, but I have a if you want to lie about somebody being an inch taller, uh, 20 pounds or 15 pounds heavier, you know that's whatever. At the end of the day, those players still have to go on the court and play. And if they're listed at 6'10", 250, and in actuality they're 6'8", 220, you're going to be able to notice that, and the player's going to be able to notice it when he's getting pushed around by somebody bigger. And you're going to say, wow, that's stupid. Uh, he's not actually that size. But I don't feel that happens as much as when in attendance, they say they have 40,000 and there's maybe 25,000 people there. And Kentucky during the Joker eras were was the worst at this. Maybe not the worst at it, but they were really bad about it because it was dark times for UK football, and they were just trying to have any bright spot if possible. So they would lie about the attendance. Uh, there are some famous pictures during the Joker era, and one of them I think was that Bandy game where they lost forty to nothing. And I mean, there was a couple thousand people there, and that's it. And I think they ended up saying that there was like thirty-five or forty, which is still really bad for a UK football game. Uh, but a, a complete exaggeration of the attendance. And I feel that's almost worse, Trevor, because you're just flat out lying. It, everybody knows that there wasn't that many people at the game, and there's no way around it, at least with the, the heights that schools will lie about. Maybe you measured him with shoes on or really big shoes on. I, you, maybe you can spin it one way or the other. Uh, with with lied attendance numbers, there's nothing nothing you can do. I it, Little spring game this year. That was that was kind of a, a botched number. There I think are always botched numbers at every even in games where it looks full. They're always going to probably tell you there's so many, whether it even be a hundred or a thousand more than they're probably actually there. Well, yeah, but at least if it's a full house, who you know who cares what tell. they say? It's, yeah, you can't tell. It's it's when that you it's when it's a really bad crowd and they try to make it not seem so bad, or when it's a, a mediocre crowd and they try to make it seem like a great crowd. I actually have a big problem with that, and I think it was Jen Smith, the election Herald leader, called Kentucky out on it and actually got some uh, turnstill numbers, and and it was just a, a a complete disaster for Kentucky. So since then, Kentucky's been more honest about their their football game numbers um, since all that went down, which good. Or, or at least keep the exaggeration more realistic. <laughs> yeah, keep it closer. If you're going to fool people, don't don't assume that we're all idiots. Just assume that we don't care that much to really check the numbers. Um, we're going to head to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk more American Pharaoh. We're going to talk NBA Finals, which another incredible game. We're two for two on overtime games. Um, exactly what you want from an NBA Finals, although last night's game was a little sloppy. Um, we've got some UK sports news in, in, in Louisville with a big baseball game tonight. So stick around here on 1450 the Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. At the 16th pole, and here it is. The 37-year wait is over. American Pharaoh is finally the one. American Pharaoh has won the Triple Crown. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, hatwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, con men, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, 
bushwhackers, horn swagglers, horse thieves, train robbers, bank robbers, guns, and Methodists. Could you repeat that, sir? Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Presented by Allen Electric. Sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. And time We're back here. 1450, the sports buzz. We're going to talk a little bit about the Triple Crown some more before we get into the NBA Finals talk. Uh, there's also some UK recruiting news, but more football recruiting news as, uh, as I'm starting to see the House of Blue message board slowly talk maybe a little bit more and more about football. Uh, still some plenty of basketball talk, topics, and there's still plenty of basketball uh, recruiting news. But we're starting to get a little closer to football season. Um, and, and this is, I guess, the end of horse racing season with American Pharaoh winning the Belmont. Uh, we'll, we'll get a, a little break before some other uh, big-name races begin later in the summer and I guess maybe early fall. Of course, the Breeders' Cup late October at Keeneland. Uh, if American Pharaoh races in the Breeders' Cup, that would just be the hottest ticket Keeneland will ever see. It would truly be amazing. Um, and with that being said, there is some talk of the Zayat family, Trevor, running American Pharaoh again. Uh, there actually there hasn't been some talk. They've flat out said that they're going to race American Pharaoh as long as they can race him. Uh, the people deserve to be able to watch a horse like him and basically hinted that they're giving back to the people to be able to watch him race because he's such a good horse. Uh, w- with horses and how fragile they are as creatures and how one injury can a lot of times be the end of be the end of a horse. Do you agree with this decision to uh, to not retire American Pharaoh after his biggest win in in horse racing since 1978? I, I do agree with their their decision not to retire. Why would you? Listen, I know an injury can end his racing career, and you don't want to see that happen. And it would be it would be awful to do. But listen, a, a broken leg may end a horse's career, and sometimes, and and more often than not, may end a horse's life. I don't think this will be the case, but a broken leg, that'll heal a little bit enough to he can still go out and stud. You can still make a lot of money from that point on, which is what you want to do when you retire him. So why retire him and push him to studying at this point right away? As much as American Fur, I'm sure, would love to do that right away. You can get out there and make, I mean, people are going for the next at least six months to a year. I mean, easily are going to, to bring in attendance numbers and even gambling numbers probably up 40, 50% at every track that American Fair will show up at in the next six months, in which that puts more money into horse racing. It puts more money into their pocket as well, I'm sure, by putting them into to, to races. It's just a smart business decision. You get into horse racing and own horses because you want to make money. Now, this family probably doesn't need to make any more millions of dollars, but still, nonetheless, you don't want to not make millions of dollars. I see nothing wrong with it. I think it's a smart decision. It's a good decision for horse racing, too. Well, what if he gets hurt? If he gets hurt, it is a it is a bad thing. But you don't at that point. Then you know what? He, he's not going to be able to race anymore. But he's going to retire, and they're not going to put him down for an injury unless it's something. I mean, it could be if it's something very se- se- severe to the point where you have to. But you can't, as I've said, just like with injuries with a human being, you can't go out and live your life saying in fear of being injured and avoiding doing things. 
Because if you do that, oh. then you're just not gonna. It's you're just not gonna have a full life. You're not gonna do anything. That's ah, uh, I, I I think that's completely different. I mean, you don't just put them in, in random races, but you take them. You know, he can race twice a month or once a month for the next six months. It's six races, if if that, even half that maybe. And you're gonna. It's going to be a, a huge bonus for whatever track he's at, for whatever whatever day he's there, whatever race he's in. It's going to probably boost at least I said a minimum fifty percent of income for not only that track, horse racing itself, but that family in general. I say you take advantage while the oven's hot because in a year, this time next year, when someone wins the Kentucky Derby, American Furrow is a great story and is going to be remembered as the horse that broke a thirty-seven year stretch. But by the time someone wins the Derby next year. American Pharaoh is in the back of your mind because you're now looking at that horse and possibly being the thirty, the next, uh, the fourteenth Triple Crown winner. Well, that's that's. I don't think American Pharaoh will be forgotten that easily. No. Yes, people would, would would be wanting to see another Triple Crown winner, uh, but but they're still going to remember American Pharaoh whether he races or doesn't race. Now, I agree with you. He can race. Uh, really cement his legacy as maybe the best horse ever. If he goes into the Breeders' Cup, wins that. Um, it, it, you know, if he wins the rest of the races in his career, there's no doubt you can say you, you'd have to say he's the best horse to ever run, um, plain and simple. But I disagree with that. But go on. If he were to win every other race for the rest of his career, yes, he'd be the best horse ever. In this day and age, he's that, I mean, the best horse in the last probably maybe twenty or at least fifteen years. It's hard to say because we had a we had Joey Adams who does a lot more about horse racing than I do on the Sunday Sports Buzz last night. He brought up something that I kind of thought about and it was kind of in the back of my mind when I kind of played the buzzkill role in the first segment was as dominant as American Pharaoh looked especially in the last two races and in, in the Belmont especially more than anything in yesterday's and Saturday's race. How much of it still is a product of American Pharaoh being dominant or maybe American Pharaoh clearly just being the best horse in what is a very poor 3-year-old 3-year-old group this year? Now, I don't know all the horse. I don't know the dominance of the horses that Secretariat beat, and I know he took them behind the woodshed and, and sent them to the glue factory, literally and figuratively probably, but I, I don't. I wasn't around in 73 to know the, the, the pressure that he took, but I know he dominated. But I do know that it did not look like there was much competition from American Pharaoh, and again, I don't know if that's a, more of a nod towards him being the dominant horse or maybe him being a good horse amongst a very poor class. Well, I know those guys that... that uh, do the Kentucky Winter Circle? They they know more about horse racing than, than I'll ever know, <laughs> and, and and me too. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't think that this field was all that terrible. First and foremost, second, if you do the combined links of the triple of, of winning and the triple crown, uh, if you take all of the the twelve triple crown winners combined, their their margin, their links of victory, I guess you could say, uh, of all three races. Obviously, Secretariat's number one, or are tied at number one with 40 links, and then American Pharaoh is, I think, uh, I, I don't have the exact graphic in front of me, it was a pretty fun graphic, uh, was 17 or 16 and a half, so there is a big difference between those two, but while Triple Crown is, is unbelievably impressive, you only had 12 ever do it. If he were to go on, Trevor, and continue to win, and and you could say that, all right, maybe the three-year-olds this year weren't all that great, but if he goes in the Breeders' Cup where you don't have just three-year-olds, you have some of the best horses, you're going to have California Chrome, who came up just short in the Belmont from, from being the 12th Triple Crown winner last year, he'll probably be racing in the Breeders' Cup. You're going to have all the best horses in the world. If he wins that, 
and then maybe runs in the Breeders' Cup the following year, it, you, you know, you, you have to rank them throughout their lives, not just, not just what they did in a three-month stretch, which is unbelievably impressive as is. Uh, but you know, it, you're right. It is good for horse racing. It's good for the sport. It's good for just the kind of the casual fan that likes horse racing just this time of the year to be more interested. If American Pharaoh runs in uh, some some really good races in August, casual fans are going to watch. ESPN's going to talk about it. Everybody's going to talk about it. If he goes in the Breeders' Cup, like I said, it's going to be the biggest Breeders' Cup in the history of the event. Uh, Keeneland will be an absolute zoo. It'll be so much fun to be there. I'm just thinking if that was my horse, I would say, all right, you've had a good career. You're retiring at age three for a horse. Uh, now we're going, they, they could make up, up to a, a hundred thousand for his stud fee is what people are saying. But you could do that at age four. Can you not? I mean, if he, if you let him race him for another year, keep him in the spotlight, the more you keep him in, in the spotlight, even if he's not racing, for example, I, I, if I'm not, I might be mistaken, but they have night racing and set this Saturday at Churchill Downs. I don't think American Fair will be racing, but he's supposed to be there. That's, you're I guarantee you that will raise at least 10% of your attendance, maybe more, just because he's showing up. Keeping him in the spotlight is the most important thing for horse racing over the next 12 months before the next Kentucky Derby, or, or, how, or however, less than 12 months, obviously, but you know what I mean. Keeping him in the spotlight is the most important thing because if you just retire him and send him out to study, yes, that's financially going to benefit you, but still you can do that, I think, and after a year from now. And even if he doesn't only race three more times in, until the next Derby, keeping him in the spotlight and keeping him known is can't not anything but good for horse racing and for, even for the 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 Zagart family or however you pronounce their name, Zayab. Whatever. But if he gets hurt, it's a horse. Their legs are like glass. If he gets hurt, he's done. You can still, you you don't have to put him if it's a, if it's a minor injury. You can still you can still let him retire and then stud. You the. But you would be very fortunate to have your horse be injured and it only be a minor injury. True. Now they will. Now they will do that. You know, some horses for big name horses, it could be the smallest little thing, and they'd say, "All right, he's scratched this race. He's not running." Uh, you, you've even seen it in some big races where a horse has had a, a very, a very like, maybe a scratch on the hoof. I mean, a very minor injury, and they've pulled them. That will be what they'll do with America. I mean, they would have done that with American Pharaoh for the Belmont as well, too. Uh, but that's what they'll do for the rest of his career. But if you are if you're a horse and you're racing in a race, or if you're training, uh, if you get an injury, most of the time it's a pretty severe injury. I mean, maybe not most of the time, but it, you know, if a horse falls, that's severe. But we're we're de we're debating whether it's career ending or life ending. That's that's the debate, and they're they're two different completely things. Because if it's career ending, you again you can still stud him. If it's life threatening, then obviously you're kind of up, you know, a creek without a paddle. And Clayby116 says, according to Wikipedia, thoroughbreds have less than a 1% chance of suffering a fatal injury in a race. So statistically, it's a rarity to actually happen. And and I figure that that, you know, think how many, think how many horse races there are a day during the season yeah. and think how many horses get injured. It's it's very, very rare. I'm sure everybody that's been to the racetrack or have has been to the racetrack a few times can remember a time that a horse has been um that has fallen or maybe been put down. Uh, you had eight bells in the Derby, and obviously Barbaro and the Preakness get injured, although it was eight months after that until he died. Um, but it, it does happen. 
even if it's a 1% chance, do you want to risk that when you don't necessarily have to and you can just start collecting paychecks from this horse for the rest of your life? I get it for the sport. It's the, it's the, I'm happy that he's not going to retire. I'm happy that you're going to see him in races. I am salivating over the idea of him possibly racing in the Breeders' Cup. But I'm thinking from, from if I own this horse, you can start getting $100,000 paychecks he could probably, I, I think I read where he could mate with a 200 horses in a year, Trevor. 200 horses, and you're going to get a paycheck for all that? I don't know. I think I'd sign up and, and take that if I could. Uh, did you see after the Freakness, Trevor, how... Screw the Belmont, 200, 200 times in one year. Now that's a wear you down. <laughs> Monster is paying American Pharaoh's people handsomely. I saw. I figured that one when I saw the wardrobe after the uh, race was concluded. Imagine if I every two seconds had a little plug for Allen Electric, and, and when they interviewed Victor Espinosa directly after the race, it almost kind of made me mad because he was very happy, and they even had to bleep out a part where he yelled, I guess a cuss word. I, I don't know exactly. They, they didn't bleep it out. It got through. I don't. Oh, think did it, it get through? The very, the very first time when I don't know what's the, the guy that has the camera on his head that came up to him right away. Uh, I don't know who who he is and his role in the horse racing is, but obviously was very friends with Victor. Uh, you heard him say the uh, holy, you know, bleep, and it was clear as day. And they apologized later on in the show for it. I don't I mean see why you need to apologize. The guy just won the triple crown. I mean, he could have dropped an f bomb for all I care. I mean, can, can you really blame him? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so then they interview him, and he's still feeling it's still just still sinking into him. I just won the triple crown. And then he plugs Monster. Uh, they they asked him, they were like, how would you feel during the race? And he said, well, before the race, I got a monster in me, so I knew that. I, and I was just like, no, come on, man. You're selling out in like this the moment of your life, a moment that you probably will never have again, and you're selling out for, how much do you think Monster had to pay him to do that? Well, I don't, is it as much selling out as you just mentioned it? It's the one chance in your life. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You might never have another chance to make the probably close to six or high six or even seven figures to even say that. So, I mean, no one's no one's going to pay him seven figures after he wins the race four at the Derby in two months, you know, or a, a Churchill Downs in two months. He wins race four with some horse we'll never know the name of and never will remember the name of. But they talk to him afterwards, and he's, he drops the monster's name. They're not going to give him seven figures for that. This is his only chance. Listen, jockeys don't make a lot of – the jockeys uh, kind of go through money pretty quickly. Well, Victor Espinosa is doing okay. I'm sure he is. Uh, I think he's, now. I think he's doing fine. Uh, I, I, you know, it was just kind of – You, you uh, of all people – as someone who loves soccer as much as you, I'm surprised it would enti- you would be so angered about selling out. I mean, soccer puts logos on everything. I mean, I know they don't do commercial breaks, so they have to get the, the publicity when they can in terms of sponsor money, but – I, it, it, I don't know. Well, your your beloved NBA is next with that. By I the know, way. and I and and this is where I'm gonna probably be the hypocrite in in the room because on one hand I'm telling you not to be to be okay with it and accept it because it's the time we live in now. It's getting to that point. I mean, the Burger King the Burger King guy is showing up everywhere now. I mean, two hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to stand behind the Bafford family during that race. I'm gonna steal Nick Coffee's line from last night on the Sunday Sports Buzz. I think he'll probably be on the, the bench sitting next to David Blatt tomorrow in tomorrow night's NBA Finals game. I mean, he may just be showing up there too. So I mean, yeah, 
it, while it would bug me and it would very much bug me when they start putting logos in NBA jerseys or sponsors on NBA jerseys. I, I just can't. I don't want. I want to. While I want to be mad, I can't get too mad because I understand that it's you know we're we're getting to that point. There's nothing we can do about it. That's uh, it's you're sad. right. You're it's uh, the Burger King guy. At least kind of cracks me up because he doesn't say anything. You know, he's just there. He's just there. You know, he, and it's kind of funny. Um, he didn't but you even do stick see out it. yesterday either. I barely even noticed him. Like when Mayweather, when he said about Mayweather, I noticed him. It's kind of hard not to notice him because he's sitting next to Justin Bieber. And but last night he almost like fit in with that crowd. It's on Saturday's Belmont. It was like, oh, hey, look, there's a guy with a, it was a crown. Hey, maybe that's a Burger King guy. I think the Burger King one's kind of funny, mainly because he's not saying anything, and he's not. Yeah. It, it is the Burger King mascot, but it's kind of it's kind of creepy more than anything. Yeah, it is. You just got this giant guy in a costume standing amongst friends and family. And uh, does he talk to those people when he's not on camera? Is he a real person? Is he? What if he's actually just a a, a seven foot four Burger King king, and that's actually who he is? Do you think he's seven four? How tall is Burger King? The the Burger King? I wonder. I, I don't. Know. He's probably not seven four, but he's probably like six eight, maybe. He looked pretty six, tall sitting in those six, in the last two groups that I've seen. Six seven, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't like how the mo- and the monsters the monster ad uh, and plugging shameless plugging did not stop with Victor Espinosa there. Uh, they all had monsters during the trophy presentation. They tried to get it in the camera and have the monster logo. There's monster logos everywhere. I'm imagining that monster said, "Listen uh, to the Bafford family to." Uh, the Zayad family to Victor Espinoza to everybody. They said we're paying you all this much money for your for sponsorship, but every time you can get our can logo, a logo that you're wearing, or say monster, we'll throw in an additional. I, how, how much do you think, Trevor? Two hundred fifty thousand? Oh, probably, if not more. I mean, you're talking, guys. Think you got a the the rate of uh, how much they pay is equivalent to the attendance of people watching, and it's there was as many people watching that as that was horse racing Super Bowl right there. That's, Especially when you have a, tri- I mean, if there wasn't a triple crown on the line, they wouldn't have cared. But it was comical how blatant they were about their monster. But look, uh, look, monster. Even look, look at look at American Pharaoh's. Uh, I don't know, was it silk or whatever that thing? What you call it? When you know they sit on it's that's on top of the horse. I mean, it had DraftKings on it, monster. I mean, it, it looked like the shorts of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, I'm all for getting money with you know. I'm all for advertisements and stuff like that. I just didn't like Victor Espinosa doing it in the heat of the moment. Uh, drop in, but you know why he did it? Like you mentioned, because he was making a lot of money. And that drop, by the way, probably bought him a new car. Yeah, again, I, I don't think he needed it. He did donate eight. Uh, what was it? Eighty thousand dollars. Something like for that. his for his yeah. Belmont win back to a California-based cancer research center, uh, which is you know good for him. That, that's that's stuff that you like to hear. You like to hear donating money. Um, but Victor Espinoza, Bob Baffert, especially in the in the Zayed family. I think they're going to be set, uh, especially the latter two, for uh, for a while, I would say, um, as they go on and win the Triple Crown. We're going to head to a commercial break. We'll be back. Uh, 1450 The Sports Bros. Brought to you by Allen Electric uh, and Monster. I'm just I'm just kidding. Monster, Monster isn't one of our sponsors. Yeah, we're but right. They wanna, we'll get it right. If they want to throw out some more money, Trevor, that's, you know... Uh, I would sell out, but I also am not a, a very well-established jockey. For a quarter million dollars, I'd get Monster tattooed across my back. 
Would you get it across your lower back? I'd get it across. I'd, I'd, from my neck to my knees would be covered in Monster logo for for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's hilarious. I wonder if they'd be interested. How'd the how'd the how'd the weigh-in go yesterday? Uh, well, I've as officially I've officially lost ten pounds since I started, and I lost three pounds this week. Woo! Way to go, buddy! I'm gonna be give me a couple more years. I might be running with American Pharaoh out there. You won't be far off. So the way weigh-ins be weekly? Yes. All right, good stuff. You have to keep us updated. Uh, we will be right back here on fourteen fifty to Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Took the restrictor plate off, give the Red Dragon a little more juice. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. It's not exactly street legal. Hey, Mike. Presented by Allen Electric. We're back to the Sports Women's World Cup for the United States starts tonight, Trevor. DVR is set. You're lying. I completely am lying. <laughs> you know what I had on my mind tonight? Louisville baseball and wrestling. There is Louisville baseball. There's also the, the Women's World Cup. And there's Monday uh, Night Raw. Monday, nobody cares about that. Uh, there is a international friendly on Wednesday for United States soccer. Uh, Captain Arctic. Also texted me over the weekend and said uh, he enjoys women's soccer. He, you know, he he's one when we have the Coopers or Louisville City FC on. He's one that complains and kind of shakes his head. He's a big fan of the show. Has been listening uh, for for quite some time now. But so I was kind of surprised to get that text from him to, where he said that he he enjoyed women's soccer a little bit. Uh, so I'm sure he will enjoy tonight when the United States women's national team takes on Australia, seven thirty. I'm excited for. It. I'm going to watch it. Is I'm, I'm going to definitely any good. Uh, I I don't know that. I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I do know that the women's team's good. So I'm excited. I I would certainly watch that over the baseball game. Also hockey tonight. That will also I'll I'll probably want to watch a little hockey too. Because uh, Stanley I mean Stanley Cup playoffs are exciting. I've I've kind of been hard on hockey. Just kind of a, uh, just because it kind of makes Rob Blackhawk upset, but Stanley Cup playoffs are exciting, especially the Stanley Cup Finals. So I'll probably watch a little bit of that. Louisville baseball uh, likely won't won't get to watch too much of that. Australia women's are tenth in the world, United States women second. So they're probably pretty good. Could be a good match. Might be a pretty uh, pretty interesting uh, matchup. I can't imagine. Uh... Uh, at least, even win or lose, I would have to think that we at least have better-looking ladies than the Australian team. Would you? I mean, what, what, what would make you think that? I don't know. I think of Australia, I think of uh, Crocodile Dundee, and if they look anything like him, then we've got them beat. I think most people, when thinking about 
women would would think very highly of Australia. I like I mean, the accent. Think, I do that. They, they would think very highly of the United States as well. But I think Australia is. I think they're known to have very attractive people, both men and women. I don't know how, how many times have you seen someone go, man, that the girl, look at that girl, she's hot. She's from Australia, I bet. I mean, no, you, th- you mentioned Australia, you think boomerangs, koala bears, toilet water going the opposite way than ours. Those are the things that come up to me when I think Australia. There used to be a prison. I mean, that, those are the things that I think of Australia. It's not the, oh, I can't wait to get to, the, uh, get to Sydney and hit the beaches and look at the hot ladies. No, that doesn't come to mind at all. I think it absolutely does. I think a lot of people think exactly that thing that you just said in, in, in jest. I think they say, they think of, uh, of pe- beachgoers that um, are fit because, you know, it's not, they don't have the same food in Australia as they do in America. I, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I'd say I, Australia, you know, if you wanted to rank the attractiveness of people throughout the world, I would say Australia would make the top five. I just I googled uh, hot women in Australia and some things did come up. Uh, see the top ten hottest Australian women in sports. Uh, there's an, a BuzzFeed article that says why women in Australia are insanely hot. Uh, I just I can, can you name one woman that you know is from Australia that is that is hot? What's other than what's the one that was married to Tom Cruise? You know, without being held hostage like Katie Holmes. I, I we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go in depth in this conversation. But I, I disagree with you. I think most people would agree that Australians are known to be to be attractive. Uh, what what other what other countries would you have up there? The uh, girl from the girl from uh, Mike Morse tweets in and says the girl from Hall Pass. Have you seen Hall Pass? I have. I don't know which girl he's referring to completely. I only seen it like one time, so it's, it's not... the one that he wants to use a Hall Pass on. Is that the one who he ends up uh, doing something wrong in his like her aunt's bathroom or something? I haven't seen the movie in, oh. in, in <laughs> yeah, such a long time. Yeah, okay, so you don't remember it either. Uh, I vaguely remember, yeah, and I wouldn't kick her out of bed unless she wanted to sleep on the floor. But, I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, I don't know. Just in general, they don't seem to have the reputation that some countries would, especially like America or maybe uh, obviously Brazil. I mean, they got Canada beat probably. I'll give them that. I'd say Brazil's in the top five. United States is in the top five. Spain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe Portugal, but that's pretty much the same thing as Spain. I'm sure so many Sp- I'm sure. I'm sure they do not like being uh, grouped together, both the Portuguese and and uh, the Spanish. Mexico. No. You think Mexico's take, got some hotties? I take Australia uh, again. Not not just the, in terms of attractive people overall. I, I I would go with Australians over over the fine people south of the border. I'm looking again. I'm looking to Kate Blanchett because I think Kate Blanchett's not that great. I mean, now I don't know who Phoebe Tom- Tonkin is, but uh, she's gorgeous and she's listed on this list of uh, hot Australian women. Okay, well, we'll 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 we'll, we'll change the subject. Uh, I'm sure Sweden would probably be up there as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But right on the right on the border of the top five, I I, I would think. Um. Anyway, so that's tonight Stanley Cup. That series is one to one with the Blackhawks and Lightning. It will head back to Chicago for Game Three. Um, watch again. I'm not going to pretend that I know all that much about hockey, but did watch Game Two. Um, and it, it's if you're not, you should you should give it a shot, Trevor. 
I'll always occasionally turn it on the Stanley Cup here and there uh, periodically. Usually, especially if it's near the end of the game or going into overtime. Uh, I'm. What was the game that went to like four overtimes? With I think it was the Blackhawks. I ended up watching. Yeah, it's the longest Blackhawk game yeah. in, in franchise history, which uh, they've been playing hockey for for some time. Yeah, since like the early 1900s, they were one of the original six. Uh, I watched the sec- last two overtimes of that game. I mean, I'll watch overtime hockey, especially in if it's that late as well. But I'm not going to probably watch most. I, I will follow it. I'll-, I'll watch the highlights of it. Anytime I can see Mel- Barry Melrose and his wonderful mullet talking, I will. But uh, other than that, I'm not- that's about as much as I will with hockey. I don't- and I don't mind hockey. I think hockey is one of those sports that actually, you know, I don't mind watching on TV. I've always felt like it's more enjoyable to be there at the game. Oh, I've been to I've been to a couple hockey games, and they are uh, they're really fun to be there. I, I don't know what else I would com- you know I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily better than a football playoff game or an NCAA tournament game, but it's it's not far off from that. I mean, the atmosphere is similar. It's insanely competitive and uh, loud. It's it's good stuff. Uh, one other thing I want to get in before the break is the the. The U, the Yukon and Central Florida rivalry uh, doesn't doesn't seem to die, Trevor. Well, it hadn't even began. It depends on who you ask. More coming from the civil conflict as Central Florida just denied any involvement in that. They didn't make. They weren't a part of the making of the trophy. They didn't know this was going on. Um, they were as confused by it. You had some of their coaches and, and administration saying, "We don't really consider Yukon a rival." Uh, you, you had a UConn football coach fire back. Uh, Bob Diaco said this. They don't get to say whether they're our rival or not. We might not be their rival, but they don't get to say whether they're our rival. That's for us to decide. So this is like Army and Army and Navy and Notre Dame, where Notre Dame didn't look at them as a rival because they'd beaten them 50 years in a row, but, but Navy considered them a rival. Well, at least they have some history. And they've played for a long time. Uh, UConn and Central Florida, I don't think they've had too many meetings between their, those two programs to begin with. Uh, and Navy has some history. Obviously, Notre Dame, probably the most historic football program in America. Uh, not the same can be said for Central Florida and UConn. And this is just, uh, I'm really tickled by this whole thing. Uh, it, it cracks me up knowing that UConn made this rivalry trophy once a rivalry game, and the reasoning behind it, we finally have a reason why, is because they are the, the most northern school in their, in their conference, and they are, in, in Central Florida, is one of the most southern, is what they said, which I'm not sure if Central Florida is, no, it's not, it's not more southern than South Florida, is it? Uh, USF? Central Florida is in Orlando, and South Florida is in Tampa. So oh, Tampa's further south. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Well, Miami, isn't Miami further south than, than Orlando, or am I, am I mistaken on that? Miami? Yeah. Yes, Miami's at the bottom of Florida. Okay, so yeah, it's farther south, too. Yeah, but... Now, Tallahassee's who, farther north, I know that. But, but who in the AAC is in Miami? I'm sure there's got to be somebody. <laughs> there's got to be somebody near it, at least. I don't know, I mean, does, if that's your excuse, though, just saying, okay... By the way, I'm looking at some of the scores past years. Just two years ago, Central Florida beat Connecticut 62 to 17. Maybe that's why they're a rival because they got smoked so bad. They hate them now for beating them. Central Florida has won the last two times they played. Well, they played. No, UConn beat them last year. Oh, did they? Okay. 
that was the only conference game the, the that UConn won all year. So that's why that's why I think they made uh, the the made UCF their rivals because it's the only team they beat. <laughs> it's also it's also one of only two times they've played Central Florida. I'm, both teams don't their existences don't go farther than the early '90s. And I'm just looking through UConn's schedule year after year. And other than those two games, I'm in 2006, and I've yet to see them play Central Florida again. So you can't have a rival after playing a team two times. And the only time you can claim a rivalry, especially make a trophy about this, if you're going to make a trophy for a rivalry game, it's got to be there's, – there's two exceptions. One, like Louisville, Kentucky made a trophy at Governor's Cup without ever playing in 94, but it's a geographical rivalry. So if you're a geographical rival, you can make a trophy without actually playing it. I will give that slide. But to make a trophy for a rivalry game – You've got to at least have five games under your belt, and those five games have to at least and also include somewhere in there, whether a, a team getting kind of the shaft in so many ways, like UConn did to Louisville at the fair catch, or it's something on the line, like Louisville and Southern Miss's kind of hatred throughout the early late '80s, early '90s, where they did play each other every year, and there was games like Brett Favre's off the helmet hail mary to beat Louisville, or the fact that Southern Miss eliminated Louisville and they played for basically a conference state championship two years in a row and beat Louisville both times. Those have to be under the belt. This has none of that. This has just you're, a random throw a dart at the board and we came up with Central Florida. You're spot on. You're spot on and the reasoning for them being the most most northern and then you have Central Florida not even being the most southern, but UConn says they're they're almost far, far enough south, uh, just is completely asinine and cracks me up. George O'Leary... UCF head coach said, my experience is you're more likely to have a rivalry game against a team closer where you live. When you have to go 10 states away, I think it's hard uh, to force a rivalry game. Uh, so this this story cracks me up. It's going to always crack me up as long as they keep doing this. It'd be hilarious to me if Central Florida won their matchup next year, which I'm pretty sure it is in Orlando, so they probably will, and just didn't even recognize the trophy or accept it. That would be so funny to me. And UConn was just left holding on to this Trophy that probably costs at least a few thousand bucks to make uh, in Central Florida just doesn't even want to recognize the rivalry. We need to head to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, now that the Triple Crown, I can cross that off my bucket list. Trevor can too. What's next? What is, what do, as, a, as a sports fan, what else do we need to see in this country? Um, and also, we're going to talk NBA Finals. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Yeah, I'll throw in a wedding every now and then, but funerals are insane. The chicks are so horny, it's not even fair. Presented by Allen Electric. My, the meatloaf! Presented by Allen Electric, 
Kentuckyana's first and only electrician dedicate, dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. We were talking before the break, Trevor. Now that we've seen a triple crown, now that that has happened, what else do we want to see? What is next on the sports fans' bucket list? Now, this question is kind of twofold to me, Trevor. One, is it something that I personally want to experience, as in I'm, I'm at the event and I see something? Or is it for, for a something that's a, a little more complicated, um, like a Triple Crown, where it, three things had to happen for it to become uh, official? Would it be like something, uh, something exact? Or is it more so, you know, I want to go see a Super Bowl? How are, how are you looking at this uh, conversation? I look at it a little different. I look at it, well, part I agree with you is it's something I want to see personally, i.e., I, I finally get to see Liverpool win a national championship in 2013. Uh, or, uh, or something I haven't seen the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Uh, they've seen them been in one, but not actually win one. And then there's also the side of things I want to see just for the sports fan in me. But also realistically, like uh, this, to stay kind of on the track. Let's go to the NBA, for example, and we can talk about the finals here in a minute. You know, I, as much as I, I would love to see, and I know it's only happened one time in the, in history of the sport, at least in NBA level. But I, I mean, I would love to see someone score 100 points in a game, i.e., Will Chamberlain, as he did against the Knicks in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I will probably never see it, but I would love to see it. So it's kind of things I would love to see. Is also realistically, I would love to see maybe someone break Lou Gehrig's. Uh, uh, game hit streak of 56. It was 56 or 58. I'm drawing a blank now on the two, but one of the two. Uh, <laughs> but I probably won't ever see it. I mean, at this point, I mean, how close has anybody even come to it? I mean, they get within 20, maybe 30 games. It's it, it's an accomplishment in itself. It's something I probably will never see. And I thought I'd, I'd probably never see another triple crown. A triple crown only went in horse racing. I thought I'd see that eventually. But a triple crown winner in baseball. And we did see that a couple years ago. But we still haven't seen I would love to see a 400 hitter in baseball. Some things I would love to see. I'd love to see someone average a triple double in basketball per season, like Oscar Robinson. But it's only happened once. Some things I'd love to see that I may have a chance at seeing in my lifetime. Others I'd love to see, but probably realistically, we'll never see in my lifetime. A little bit of breaking news before we get back to the conversation: the NCAA officially announces that women's college basketball will go to four quarters, four ten-minute quarters instead of the two twenty-minute halves. Uh, any opinion on that, Trevor? Uh, no, if you're women's basketball, you always want to maybe experiment with something that will help bring it, bring a little more attention to your sport. And this is not a bad experiment, something I, I, I would like to say, I'd rather see college stay where they are with the two halves, opposed to the NBA in four quarters. But, you know, if, if it's just an experiment to see how it works, I have no problem with it. And if this keeps the intensity, uh, uh, Higher in women's basketball, I think that will be better for the sport. Um, if I'm, I'm women's all... basketball, I'd start by maybe adding a, a backcourt violation clock, uh, which you don't even have in women's basketball before I start uh, adjusting the uh, periods and quarters. And honestly, I, I wouldn't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to maybe make it eight-minute quarters, so that way you know you can have the best players on the floor as much as possible, really keep the intensity up um, for, for long periods of time, but... Uh, interesting. Uh, that will maybe make the game a little bit longer, which maybe isn't most ideal, but still entertain. Probably a good idea nonetheless. But anyways, back to the back to the bucket list debate. I mean, a lot of those things you said, Trevor, especially some of the baseball stat. The stat stuff doesn't really do it for me as much. Where 
not that you lose sleep over it, but not that I'm thinking about it constantly. More for me, I want to see championships in, in different forms. Uh, obviously, if you're a Kentucky fan, a perfect basketball season would be something, and that's almost hard to bring up with how close the UK was this past season. But that would be something that you'd want to see and you'd probably never see again. Or maybe even just for the uh, any college basketball fan, for, for Indiana's perfect year to not be the only perfect year anymore. You can say the same thing about the NFL and the 72 Dolphins. You can, and even my Packers were close to that not that long ago, uh, and the Patriots close as well. Um, you know, that, those are things I'd be more interested in, uh, perfection instead of stats. But if you're talking about something like that where it's not just being in person for one event, for me, the next on my sports bucket list that I want to see is a, a, a men's grand slam in golf. I think that would be, first off, I don't think I'll ever see it. But I think that would just be the absolute coolest thing in the world. It would be something that you could follow over the course from, from April to August, but more specifically uh, from June to August when, because, you know, everybody that wins the Masters is still in the running to win a Grand Slam. But if you had somebody win the Masters and then they go into the U.S. Open in June and were able to win that, then you, you'd start to have a few whispers, Trevor. You'd have people talking about this golfer, and it, it would really help golf's brand, not to sound like Darren Ravel, uh, for the love of God, but uh, it, it would help golf's brand. And then you'd go into July for uh, the British Open, and then you'd really have people talking. If he was somehow able to win that, just think how fun that PGA Championship would be. Yeah, I agree, and I'm surprised. Actually, I was expecting you to uh, say men's World Cup and USA World Cup winning championship. That's, that's, up, that, that's, that's up what there I thought would be your first thing you would say, and that's, that, up there that's definitely on my list as well. That that you know that that I, I was thinking that, and I haven't really had a chance to rank them. But that would probably be number two, being able to see a men's World Cup. But honestly, you know, maybe I'm just again way too optimistic. I think I'm going to see that in my lifetime, and I don't think I'm going to have to live that long to actually see it. I mean, we may I, see I, all these things in our lifetime, with the exception of 100 points in a game. But then again, who knows? I mean, what did Kobe dropped 81 10 years ago? So, I mean, it could happen in 10 more years. Yeah, the, the, you know, again, that, the, the, the individual games or the stat stuff, that doesn't necessarily do it for me as much. But it, it's more stuff, it, it, again, like I said, it's championships that I want to see uh, or, or perfection. And the, the Men's World Cup, I don't think that's completely – out of the realm of possibility in the next 20 years. I mean, you think about it, This the, the past few World Cups, uh, the United States have kind of choked slightly not to make it to the quarterfinals. You sneak yourself into the quarterfinals, then you're just three wins away, and I know that's much easier said than done. But I th And the United States is growing as a soccer country and getting better. And um, the, the, I think it was the under-23 team just finished third in a big worldwide tournament. Um, so I don't think that's crazy. That, that, I think that's going to happen in my lifetime, and I can't wait till it does. That's going to be an unbelievable party. I, I hope I don't have a bunch of kids when it does happen. Um, so it probably needs to be in the next eight years. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Maybe never. Who? You know, maybe never. <laughs> um, but the Grand Slam is the one that I think is it, it, I will never see. So if it did happen or if it became close to happening – That'd be the most fun thing in the world. Bobby Jones is the only one to ever have completed a Grand Slam. Tiger Woods uh, won all four tournaments in a row, but not in the same calendar year. Uh, I think he won the, the U.S. Open and the PGA and then came back the following year and won the Masters 
and the or the British Open, the PGA came back the following year, won the Masters and the U.S. Open. So those would be uh, that would that would just be great for golf. It'd be so much fun to watch. Clevy one sixteen says he wants to see a Cubs World Series and you and <laughs> UK <laughs> and, and you and he's a Cubs fan too. So uh, man, and the Cubs are probably going to win a World Series here too in the next ten years, I would imagine. Um, because they're they're getting better, and eventually it's just it's it's going to happen eventually. Although who knows for how many decades people sports talk radio shows and, and hosts have been saying just that. Uh, he also wants to see UK catch UCLA in national titles, which again that could have already happened under John Calipari uh, if just some if if the ball would have bounced a different way here and there over the past six years. It and makes, then he says it makes the lo- better uh, according to Back to the Future too. The Cubs will win the World Series this year. Uh, you're right, and uh, I, you know who knows if that'll actually happen. Probably won't. Uh, he also wants to see. He knows this is the longest shot one, but wants to see UK win a football national championship. Um, also, would like to see Tiger catch and pass Jack after Tiger's 85 over the weekend. I think you could probably rule that out. And I, I've been the biggest Tiger supporter. When go- when he is good, golf is great. But I think it's it's clear that's probably not. Probably not going to happen. I try not to include a, a favorite team winning something. I like I said, I, as much as I'd like to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl, that wouldn't be. I, I'm trying. Yeah. I try to look at it through the perspective of just a sports fan, and he being a Cubs fan, I get he'd want to see a Cubs win a Super World Series. But me, just as a sports fan, I mean, I'd like to see something that hasn't happened in almost what, over a hundred years. Much like it was, it was even. I'm not a Red Sox fan. But I enjoyed seeing the Red Sox win that first World Series, you know, kicking the curse of the big Bambino to the side. Now, and then went in the second one, which was pretty cool. And I know you enjoyed it more than I did, but it was still cool to see, to see something like that. I agree. Uh, I, I remember that. I remember exactly where I was. And, uh, you know, th- those make for the best sports memories when you know where you were. And that's why the Triple Crown would be so special. Especially uh, when the Red Sox came back from 3 nothing down, which was another thing that I can almost kind of put on my list as something I – I had never seen until that point. No team had ever, at least in, other than hockey, that happened in hockey twice But to that point. But until then, and when it happened with the Red Sox and Yankees, that had never happened in baseball and basketball. The team come back from 3 nothing down, and they did it. And that, that's, to do it, no, that, no, I accomplished that and win the World Series in the same year, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, no, no, I, I couldn't imagine being a Red Sox fan back in 2004 and, and, and being of age and also living in Boston following that, that postseason run, uh, just how crazy – that would be, and if Chicago ever wins the World Series, you know that that city's burned down once, Trevor. <laughs> It'll be the second Chicago fire. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to see that that thing go up in flames again if the Cubs were able to win. And as Clavey mentioned, if you're a UK fan, UK if if UK had a football season where they were able to go to the SEC championship in Atlanta and win that against, let's say Alabama or. Uh, pretty much you pick any team in the West and they've got a lot of tradition, but say in Alabama, and then you go into the college football playoffs and you're able to win that game and then get to the college football championship. This is so, I mean, it is far-fetched. It's probably something crazy would have to happen for that to to happen in our life and in my lifetime. One thing that's maybe a little more realistic and we're getting closer to it, I'd like to see a 16 seed beat a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I've seen I've I've seen at least three times where it's come very close, including down to the last shot, but it still doesn't happen. As long as it's not Louisville being the one seed, obviously, I'd like to see that happen. I I don't, you know, I I would like to see it happen too, but I it wouldn't. I don't really care that much because sixteen seed's probably going to get beat the next round anyways. Yeah, still, I mean, it's, it's it's something. It'll be the first and only time we've ever seen it, and that that's 
kind of something that I have never seen and like to see in my lifetime. That's kind of part of the bucket list. That I, I would. What if you saw the generals just kill the Har- Harlem Globetrotters in a game? That would be awesome. I would like to see that. I would like to see the generals beat the Globetrotters. I guarantee that's. I, I mean, it's may have happened in our lifetime. It's kind of different now because there's like twelve different Globetrotter teams, and it's not just like the one team that got stuck on the island with Scooby Doo and, and Gilligan and company. But it, it's it'd still be cool to see, and I've never seen it. And I would uh, I'd wear I'd buy a Washington. I tell you, they do it. I'll buy a generals jersey. All right, what, and we, we've spoken about a lot of the possible scenarios and this and that. What if you had an all-expenses-paid trip to one sporting event, and it could be something like the World Cup where it lasts a month, uh, or a month, or it could, it could be, let's say you just get to go through one playoff run. Uh, you could go watch the Blue Jays in every one of their playoff games, and also in this dream scenario, wherever you go, your team wins it all. They they accomplish the ultimate goal, whatever that may be. What what would you pick? This is easy for me because I already witnessed all six games Louisville won in their championship run. I was at every one of them from Lexington to Indianapolis to Atlanta. So that one's already kind of crossed off my list. So therefore, I would probably have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles run, including a Super Bowl, and hopefully get very good seats to that Super Bowl game. Well, that would be... Uh, that's that's a per, on a personal side of it. If from a fan's perspective of something and not using my my fanhood involved in that scenario, uh, the World Cup might be it. That might be ranked right up there because it not a because just the atmosphere in itself is pretty damn cool. As long as it's in a country where I'm not, I can't be like getting enslaved for like walking around at late too late at night. That the World Cup would be my one thing, uh, so it means I'd get to go to likely go to another country, have good seats, get to travel all throughout that country, and then eventually watch the United States win a World Cup. Uh, I can't think of anything better than that. Uh, a UK playoff football run, you know. Honestly, maybe I maybe, maybe you take that number one because that's less likely to happen. The World Cup, you could maybe try to. Yeah, that, you know that may, that may happen. So UK football probably won't. Uh, so if they had a run where they went to the SEC championship and had two playoff games, I think that would be special to be able to watch. Also, if I could just go to uh, watch, what if you went to every golf major and the same guy won all of them in one year? One, it'd just be fun to be able to go to all of them. Say you went to all of them. Um, most of them are in beautiful, beautiful golf resorts and beautiful parts of the country. Although Augusta, Georgia is nothing to, to write home about, but still, still would be fun to go to a Masters. That, uh, that it would be cool, but from a personal perspective on my side, I don't know. I know as much about golf as I do about dieting, pretty much. So I, I it wouldn't be in my top ten, just because that's just for me personally, not a big golf guy. So I think that'd be special, but fun debate, fun to talk about. Uh, we need to we need to switch gears here for a moment and talk a little bit about the NBA Finals, uh, which has been an unbelievable series. And I was talking last night to, to my roommates and talking about how I was going to be upset if the Cavs won and then everybody kind of changed their opinion to, well, it looks like LeBron may do this with a, a an underwhelming cast and uh, are the Warriors in trouble with the series going to Cleveland. Now, the talking heads on TV, credit to them. They haven't really swayed off their Golden State prediction like I thought they were going to. Uh, but I know you mentioned it earlier in the show. So you think Golden State still wins in six? I do. I still think. I mean, LeBron is 
Even with the cast of high scores around him, he's still going to win at least a game or two in the finals regardless. I think it's – I still – I'm not saying I, I'm drawing them completely out, but I still stick in going State in six, yes. I, I am now fully rooting for the Cavs, and mainly just because LeBron James and the, and the, the breaks that he's had in this finals. Uh, this is probably one of the worst finals teams with the exception of LeBron – Ever, uh, I mean, you take LeBron in the cast, and it's maybe as bad as a starting five as the last time, or the the first time LeBron was the, in the, the finals. The only other comparisons I think of the are the the first Cleveland team that got swept, and even or the maybe the Sixer team that yeah. all four won to the Lakers with Allen Iverson. Yeah. I mean, that, that would probably be up there yeah, too. So they won one game too in that series, so uh, keep that in mind. People are already thinking that LeBron's going to win the series because they won one game. Well, here, but here's the thing: is they should they should be up two zero. And now they did have the help of Kyrie Irving in that first game. They should be going back to Cleveland up 2-0. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have been the better team in both those games. And they, and honestly, I'm surprised that they're not down 2-0. Because despite being the better team in both those games and having a, a 10, 11, or 12-point lead with three minutes to go last night, uh, they are just choking late. And, and part of that is because LeBron can't do everything. Also, I don't know how his game winner at the rim did not go in. That was at, at least he drove it to the basket instead of settling for a fadeaway three-pointer. Yeah, and it, it is funny watching LeBron when he has the ball uh, it, because all the Cavs, they won't necessarily double-team him right away, but all will cheat into the paint, and none of them will take their eyes off LeBron. So those guys, the, the other guys on the Cavs could, could pull out. They could start wielding weapons. And the other Warriors wouldn't even know it because they're all they're all so locked in on LeBron and what he's going to do. I uh, made a great move, a very strong physical move to the rim, and just not able to finish, um, but able to win and, and and make this series that much more interesting as it heads back to Cleveland. I, I will say this about Golden State: yeah. I want to thank them for one thing. For them, they can. I know it's been their mo to go small throughout the playoffs regular season. But when they go small, they allow Cleveland to stay in these games more more than they deserve to be, because they allow because a guy like Moskov can suddenly look like a player twice as good as he really is. And Moskov's a decent player. I'm not saying he is. He does. I'm not saying he sucks. He's not some you know seven foot slouch. But because when they go small, and you watched it in the game, especially in the first half of last night, it allows him to be more dominant, and that makes up the gap that is left with no love and Irving that Cleveland is stuck with. Did, did David Blatt ever say why he didn't play Mozgov at the end of that game and in overtime? If I I did not see it if he did. He, uh, mainly yeah. because he tried to match the size. He, he, he's trying to match going small with going state, and I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. Yes, going state can be a little quicker on the fast break when you, they do go small to your big, but that's just that's because Cleveland's trying to still match with their tempo, and that's just ridiculous. That's a bad coaching move by David Blatt. I agree. I, you know, he only played 29 minutes uh, for comparison's sake, and obviously he's not as good as um, LeBron. LeBron played 50. So, <laughs> and LeBron know, he, can't play 50 every game. This series will be over in, in six, if not five. He, he played 50. Uh, Mozgov plays 29 and is nowhere to be found late in that game in overtime. I didn't understand that either. I didn't know if maybe he was hurt 
something had happened. But, yeah, you're right. They just tried to go small, which I don't think is the right idea either. Well, and they tried I, to play Tristan Thompson, who played 39 minutes, was 0-5 from the field, by the way. And then that allowed Golden State to play the, the I don't know, the hack of Tristan, whatever you want to call it, in, in between the two- and three-minute mark, which – he only hit two out of four free throws. They were able to hit some threes in return, and that was one of the big reasons they were able to, to kill that 11-point gap so quickly and get sent the game to overtime in general. You know what I'm happy about in this conversation about the Cavs and LeBron James and the NBA Finals? What's that? We didn't ask. We didn't, we didn't compare him to any other great basketball players. No, you shouldn't. One thing, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I want to compare someone's greatness to how they dominate their their generation, and he is the best player of this generation. Just leave it at that. If you want to, you know, say he's comparing to Jordan, he, there's no winner in that. It's a, it's a debate that's inevitable. It's a chicken and the egg. Just, but is he the best player of his generation? By far, no doubt about it. No argument whatsoever. You're right about that, and and you're right. I've got an opinion on on where I think LeBron ranks in terms of best players all time. You do. Everybody does. Uh, you're probably not going to change anybody's mind with your opinion. You probably won't even change anybody's mind with facts. But if LeBron is somehow able to win three more games in this NBA Finals, it will have to go down. He, he, that doesn't mean he has to go down as the best player ever, but that performance will have to go down as one of the best NBA Finals performance ever. Even if they were to win, even if they were going to win the next three, and it turns out maybe Golden State isn't as good as we thought they were. Uh, to with the cast he has around him. And the performances he's already put up in two games, it really would be legendary. Uh, he's already averaging nearly 42 points in the NBA Finals. He probably will have to stay around that number, Trevor, to be honest, if, if the Cavs are going to have a chance uh, to be able to pull this off. So I like that we didn't have to bring up uh, Michael Jordan's name and, and you know any other former NBA great's name to, to talk about LeBron's current performance. But it is fair to say, if he keeps this up and if he's able to get another ring, it'll go down as, in my opinion, the greatest performance ever. Are you still sticking with your uh, original prediction of, uh, I think you originally picked Golden State, did you not? Have you altered your decision after watching the first two games? And as you said, Cleveland being able to uh, send a boat to overtime? I, I, I think Cleveland has been better in this series. I, but I kind of agree with you. You have LeBron playing 50 minutes. He played 46 in game one, um, I, I you know they do have home court advantage now. I think this will go to seven, but I think ultimately they're going to run out of gas and and, and and not be able to find a way to win. Um, the thing about Golden State is even when they're having an off game, it, it takes three or four possessions, and guess what? They're back. They're back in the game. That's how good they are offensively. So we'll see. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. We're out of time. Fun Monday. We'll see uh, 1450 of Sports Buzz. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 o'clock. My old Kentucky home. Oh. They say, Welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say, Don't forget 27, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of chrome. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the